Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. The first night as world heavyweight champion, wow. I slept in a pullout couch in his like little living room area of his room. That's a hell of a way to begin a title run. The glamour of the professional wrestling world. <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain. Everything that I've got in this business, I've earned it. I've earned it the hard way, the old-fashioned way, the right way. I'm not political. Never have been. Never will be. I'm not a kiss-ass. I'm not going to wait outside of somebody's office to pitch them an idea that they don't want to hear. I'm not an ex-football player or some MMA guy that stumbled upon something in a way to make money when they're done. I'm not a mark. I'm not some skinny ass that got over on the internet. I'm a professional wrestler. The purest form. Everything I've got, I've earned it. And for the people that know, the people that truly know, people that have shared a locker room with me, people who've shared a ring with me, the people that know the truth. And the truth is, is I am the best all-round performer that this business has ever seen. And if you don't think that now, you will. When all said and done, I will be considered the best all-round professional wrestler this business has ever seen. But in the end, in the end, Jay, you have two things. You have your word, and you have your reputation. Now, I love to give my word. And I love my reputation. And when you love something, truly love something, you're willing to die for it. So later tonight, Jay, we're going to find out. We're going to find out how willing you are. We're going to find out about your work. We're going to find out the lengths you're willing to go to to defend your reputation. What are you willing to do? on Cultaholic Island it is Impact Wrestling's own currently in the UK actually enjoying some time on our side of the water it's Eric Young Eric how you doing yeah, I'm doing great man uh, I'm, in, I'm in London it's a little too busy I couldn't live here but it's fun to visit and they're taking us care care of us here at the Plaza Hotel uh, 
Simon's got it all set up and we're having a full day of media. Kind of getting tired of talking to myself, so this will be a good breath of fresh air. Well, we're going to do our best to make it feel a little bit different. Uh, I'm sure you'll have these same questions a million times. I mean, I know you're a keen hockey fan, uh, but I know you're a bit of a footy man too. Are we going to squeeze in a Hammers game before you go back? Yeah, we, we tried our best. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing at uh, uh, London Stadium tonight. Mm. Uh, so th- this uh, the media thing and... and uh, necessary beers and, and good times with some good people after is necessary. So West Ham will have to take a backseat, but you know, I'm sure they'll have it on and I'll be following along. Big one for them tonight. When did you become a Hammers fan? Yeah, I feel like I've, I've kind of always loosely followed the premier league. I played soccer my whole life, soccer for me, football for you guys um, played all through grade school, um, tried out for uh, starting keeper in ninth grade, made the team and, and played as the starting goalkeeper for my, my team in high school, all through high school played a couple years of travel indoor soccer after that. Um, yeah, have always loved it, but really didn't have any skin in the game. I, you know, I had no affiliation with any team, so I just walk it, watch it when I could. Um, and then kind of just started following West Ham loosely. I don't really remember how or when that's a long time ago. Um, but I guess I was here eight or 10 years ago and a good friend of mine, James Ford, him and all of his buddies and his dad and his brother are all diehard West Ham fans been that way their whole life. And I said, okay, that's it. That's my team. And uh, the sanity, the gear that I wore in sanity in NXT had the perp, the maroon and the blue on it. So that's, that was a, a nod, a nod to West Ham. I didn't get a championship belt like Triple H got, but I could even get free tickets. Whoever runs their social media, get on it. 600,000 <laughs> social media followers. What the hell is going on? So, so the, the sanity gear is a, is, has a little bit of a nod to, to West Ham United on it. Yeah, yeah. That's all Damo uh, uh, or Killian, uh, Wolf, Nikki, we all had elements of maroon and blue. Everyone kind of had their own thing and their own colors, but I kind of came up with the kind of the rule that you had to have maroon and light blue on it. So we would all have like a thread that like kind of connected us as a team. Well, I think now they know that. I think it'd be rude for them to not, you know, throw some tickets your way. It'd be rude if they just even a fan. He carried a hammer one time. <laughs> He carried a hammer once and suddenly he's a hammer. Furious. Furious. Um, we're going to talk about wrestling a little bit uh, as well as the football. Uh, we're going to pick, ask you to pick three wrestling matches, Eric, to watch. Uh, it, whilst if you'd be stranded on a metaphorical desert island, three matches that you'd watch to keep your mind occupied. So we'll go through them one by one as we chat today. Uh, what would you like okay. your first match to be, Eric? Oh, geez. Uh, let's start with um, the match where I decided that maybe wrestling was kind of like my first love. And that was, I was there, WrestleMania three, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, watching it now, it's it's way different than how I remembered it. Macho Man was so blown up, I thought he was gonna die. Um, <laughs> but I mean, iconic. And, and that kind of physicality wasn't really a thing at that point. And that many kind of, that much, that many moves and that many sequences was just kind of unheard of in that era. And uh, I, obviously, like Andre, you know, Hogan slamming Andre is iconic, and everyone was kind of a Hulkamaniac, whether you wanted to be or not. But for me, the thing I remember the most and is most vivid in my mind is that match. So, part of your repertoire is a stunning elbow drop. Is that a little homage yeah. to, to 1, Savage? 1,000%. Macho Man's one of my favorites of all time. And uh, met him when he briefly worked in TNA, and he was an amazing guy was super kind to me and very complimentary of me and and uh 
that was super cool. And uh, obviously I, I, you know, out of respect, I said, I do it. And I was working on the paper that he was working and I have basically done it in almost every match I've had for the last 25 years. Uh, and I went to him and said, if it's, if it's okay with you, I would still like to do it. If you're not, you know, if you don't want me to, then I won't. And he said, yep, yeah, go ahead. So uh, super cool. Oh, not that he'd ever wrestler, he knew what my name was, but he gave me the permission to do it. So oh. that was a that's a great honor for him to say, yeah, it's all yours. You go on, you go on. Where did you say you were? Did you say you were there for WrestleMania 3? When- I was there. Yeah, I was there. So I lived, uh, I grew up in, in Ontario, Canada, just across from Detroit. So you could get in a car and be at the Silverdome in an hour. And I had no idea I was going. And at that point, like, I definitely was a, a wrestling fan, but like, cable tv wasn't a thing where i lived so i got very little exposure to wrestling um sometimes my dad illegally would take me as a child to bars where he was drinking and i'd sit cross-legged on the floor and watch the pay-per-views uh cigarette smoke and beer poured all over the floor uh but yeah he surprised me and uh we we went and i didn't know where we were going we crossed the border when it was way easier to do that it would just kind of go across no problem and we pull up to this huge building and at the time i didn't even know what wrestlemania 3 was right because i had no exposure to wrestling at that point but i mean it was held the record as the indoor the largest indoor sporting event in in the history of the world for i mean going on probably 15 or 16 years and i was we were so high up like you couldn't even really see who it was had to like listen for their music it's like, oh man it's ricky the dragon you know and then i start freaking out but yeah it was a cool experience and i mean I, I think that was being there and feeling that energy and watching that match was kind of the beginning of the end for me like there was really nothing else was going to do would you say that was the point there where you're like yeah it's, it's got to be wrestling i've got to do that I didn't, I didn't decide then because i think i was you know whatever i would have been five or six maybe even younger than that i don't know i'm very young I, i'm not doing the math but so I'm 42 now. Don't tell anybody. I won't tell is this recording? No, I won't tell. No, I won't tell a soul, mate. This is just a chat. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, so I don't know what year that was. WrestleMania three. So what? WrestleMania just passed. Doesn't matter. I was very young, very young. Probably couldn't dress myself, but there I was with my dad, and uh, it was amazing. It, I didn't decide until probably high school that that's what I wanted to do full time, but. That's what started my my love for it, my obsession. For so, it, for so sure. what would it have been had wrestling not come along for you? Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of things that I was kind of interested in. You know, I I played rugby in high school as well. I was probably a better rugby, not probably. I was a way better rugby player than I was a uh, football player. Um, played eighth man. Uh, my coach would bug me daily, saying, you know, work out and, and practice and get better and. I can get you a tryout for the University of Hamilton. You'll for sure make the team. You can get a full ride scholarship. I was like, nope, going to be a wrestler. Good idea. It all worked out. It all worked out. <laughs> there's there's something to be said though for having a little bit of that that rugby, a lot of that sort of rugby uh, uh, set and skill and and ability that lends itself to wrestling, isn't there? Oh sure. I mean, just the ability to get battered and do it again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, you know, the, the biggest same thing is, is the durability factor. And, you know, it's, it, you know, you have to be durable and you have to be willing to do things when you're not injured, but when you're hurt, you know, you have to, you have to be willing to do those things because you're never going to make it through unscathed. So it's uh, definitely the, the physicality of rugby is something always going to be a, what if, like, what would my life be if I, if I followed that path, but in the end, I'm glad I didn't. I love rugby. I love playing rugby. Uh, love the the, comp- the competitiveness of it and the one-on-one and me versus you kind of thing. But 
nothing to me is better than pro wrestling is it to me it's the ultimate art form that combines my two favorite things and that's you know drama and and sport and both both things happen at the same time with wrestling would drama possibly been another another outlet for you another route you could have gone down yeah for sure i i you know me and my friends would make like these homemade kung fu movies and I did, you know, improv Olympics. I did community theater. I was Seymour and little, little shop of horse. My voice didn't always sound like this. This kind of happened over time. I don't think I was a good singer, but I could carry a tune. Um, so yeah, I, I, I loved acting and loved film and loved the idea of, of doing stunts and, and whatever fell in love would still marry Jackie Chan if given the opportunity, I'll be, able, I will be with him permanently if he would allow me to he's an old man now but he's on my list <laughs> i'm sure he, i'm sure he'd be up for it i'm sure he yeah. would i'm sure I'm not, ugly. I'm not ugly no you're a handsome man with a nice shirt on today <laughs> you'd be fine i've got i've got to ask about this kung fu movie i know we're oh, here yeah. to talk about serious wrestling stuff eric but you've had that all day yeah. i want to talk about the kung fu movie so yeah. so, so did you write it's it did you direct it it's on, it's on youtube it's on YouTube somewhere. I shared it on Twitter a couple years ago. A buddy of mine, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I don't know. He figured it out and he like loaded it off these VHS tapes that he still had and he loaded it onto YouTube. So it's it's unfinished, but most of the fight scenes, that's really what we were making it for. Like so I did all the choreographing, uh all all the stunt work and stuff. Um, the movie's terrible. Like there's you know, it's just my stoner buddies from high school pretending to be actors and me. Uh, and uh, I don't think I was a very good actor either, but I was really into the choreographing stunt scenes and how they do it and how they set the cameras and different ways to shoot things. And I researched it and, and I, 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 you know, whatever you call it, wrote the movie and definitely directed and did all the stunt stuff myself. And uh, it's out there. It's on YouTube somewhere. I don't know if you, if you look on Twitter, I mean, it was probably years ago. I don't know if I think it was called Pro- problem solvers problem is the name of the movie. So if you're, if you want to torture yourself, it's out there. Hey, look, I've got a Friday night free. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So, yeah. like, it's it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing because, like, when you talk about like you were, uh, you you love the, the the contact and the and the and the prestige of rugby, and you also you said you played soccer as well, and you were you were choreographing these films at home, problem solvers in cinemas now. So it kind of yeah. lends itself that, that wrestling was always going to be the thing. So yes. we we move on to your second wrestling match then. So we've had Ricky Steamboat versus Randy Savage. What would you like uh, your second one to be? Uh, second one would probably be Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I want, I'm terrible with this stuff. I think it was WrestleMania 25. The first one or the second one they had? 28. I don't remember. It was WrestleMania. <laughs> it was like dark and the light. And Shawn wore white, I believe. It was like, I want to let's say it was 25 that's what i have in my head i think it was yeah i think it was that one because like, there's those two are, are iconic in so many it different ways it was like there, it was like it was it was un, unbelievable like just unbelievable sean michaels is 80 90 of the reason why i'm sitting here right now he's the best to ever do it bell to bell you can never convince me otherwise that there's anyone else that can touch him not Omega, not AJ, not any of them. None of them are in his league. None of us are. He was in a league of his own. Obviously, you uh, were part of NXT for a while. I know Shawn Michaels does a lot of stuff there. Did you get a chance to, uh, to, to, to spend, did you spend time under the learning tree with Shawn Michaels there? I bet you did. Yeah. It's really interesting. So uh, I don't know how much time. I'll try to keep this truncated as best I can. But 
it's a really interesting story how me and his careers kind of like interwove. And I know he didn't know uh, uh, kind of what he meant to me. And uh, I actually wrote an article for ESPN, which is also somewhere on the internet. And if you look, it's called my love letter to the heartbreak kid. And it's, it's completely written by me um, blew my mom's mind that I was actually a published writer. I mean, it's just about fake wrestling, but it was very interesting. And uh, I hummed and hawed about it because we, at that point we had met an NXT and we were very friendly. Uh, he was, he aged in my first pay-per-view match against Sean Spears. I think he was more excited than we were when we came to the back and was jumping around like a school kid and hugged us. And it's unbelievable. And uh, one of my very first times trying out for WWF at the time, um, there's this bag in the dressing room and it's very different than it is now. And I'm in like getting my stuff on and he comes walking in and I had no idea he had been retired. He was just about to start coming back. So he was opening raw that night and he walked in and I almost had a heart attack because uh, I'd never seen him in person. And he was very kind to me. And, and uh, the only part of the story that I'll, I'll say, I won't keep this too long, but I, I did a, a dark match, which is an untelevised match for uh, Monday night raw in grand Rapids, Michigan they announced me as the hometown kid from grand rapids it's like twenty thousand people there for monday night raw it was insane 2000 i think 2001 and uh he's opening raw so he's right there at the go position just as you go out the camp so when i come back you know pretty decent match they tell you two or three things they're said it's six minutes don't go out of the ring don't do anything that somebody does here don't hurt yourself and remember the most important thing nobody's here to see you go so that was the instructions. Uh, we kept it simple and had a pretty good match. And I'm, you know, kind of thanking everybody. As I go to go by, Sean grabs my arm and turns to me. I'm getting goosebumps telling you this story. And I turn and he goes, man, he goes, that's one of the best dark matches I've ever seen. And it literally took everything in my body not to start weeping in front of him. You know, like it's I'm not a religious person, but that would be the same as, and I talk about it in the story. If you're curious about it, it's, it's got to be online somewhere. Um, but, it, you know, it, it would be like, you know, if you're a religious person, if you're a Christian and God showed up at your house and said, man, you're doing a hell of a job. That's what it was like for me. And literally, and he didn't realize that it was no big deal to him. But for me, like I never have never doubted myself since that point, not even for a second, the best wrestler in the entire world ever said that I had one of the best matches, dark matches he's ever seen. I mean, I, I literally had to run away and like go to a broom closet by myself and weep openly. That's amazing. That's just, that's such an amazing. St and again, like you say, like people can say whatever they want, but the best wrestler in the world has just said you've had the greatest match, dark match they've seen. Like you're, yep. you're set. You're absolutely set. Yep. Yeah, I could have retired right then and there, to be honest. <laughs> if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As Shawn Michaels is is walking to the ring, got the dark and the light from WrestleMania, you're doing your thing in TNA. I think it's around this time that we've got the World Elite. One of your many hats that you've worn during your your incredible run during TNA and Impact Wrestling. And um, I'm wondering, because right now the stuff that you're doing with Violent by Design, it's, it's a little bit of uh, the stuff that we've seen in, in as part of WWE and NXT. And then it, and it's new as well, and it's fresh, and it's exciting. But you've, you've been so many different things. Uh, are there any particular highlights from your time as part of TNA in particular? Stuff yeah. that always makes you smile. There's all kinds of things that I, I you know, I, I got a terrible memory. The, the coolest part of thinking about doing these media things and meet and greets and signings is like people remember things that I don't even remember, to be honest. You know, it's 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 not out of slight. I, I just don't have a good memory. And part of it is I've done so many things. I can't remember it all. You know, <laughs> um, for me, it's uh, I've said this during today, you know, several interviews is like they're all kind of special in their own way. You know, and, uh, the coolest thing for me is I've been able to wear all these different hats. And for me, I, I've always thought m- my number one skill was having a character or some kind of a gimmick and and convincing people that that's who I was or that's what I am. And the fact that I'm able to convince people that I'm 10 or 12 different things over the course of my career, 15, 18 different things. I don't know how many it's been, but that to me is, is my, my biggest asset. My best skill is I I've, I've said uh, these, you know, these guys hitting in the room are tired of me saying it, but like, I'm not the best at any one thing. And, and that's very clear and obvious to me and everybody else, but I'm very, very good at all of it. And I've done all of it. And I, I have experience in wrestling that very few people didn't because I've seen the card from every single angle, whether I'm tagging with Big Kev and Scott Hall as the band, or I'm tagging with ODB wrestling, Gail Kim and, and Madison Rain. I'm you know beating Nick Aldis for the world title. I'm losing the world title to Rich Swan. I'm tagging with Bobby Roode, winning the NWA TNA. Like, I mean, I've literally seen the, the card from every angle, been part of a show from every different angle. And, and I have an experience that I think would probably be second to none. You know, there's very few people that can say they've done the amount of things that I've done. And 
still going, hanging on by a thread, but still going. You still, you still are. And one of those things you mentioned there, I wanted to very quickly touch on, and it was you beating Nick Aldis for the TNA World Title. And for somebody like myself who who watched, uh, you know, the the Don't Fire Eric era, uh, and to watch you sort of work your way through that middle of the show, always seen as like the the fun, the comic relief, the light character. For you to go smack into the top, smack at the top, and become the guy was amazing. Talk us through, if you can, sort of what you recall about that time finding out you were going to become the TNA champion and, and sort of what your designs were of becoming the champion from there your first run yeah, I think the coolest part about it is it was, had more of an organic thing like it wasn't written that way it was um, you know I, I had always like you said kind of been the kind of middle of the road and I'd been popular and you know sold a bunch of t-shirts and would always get a good reaction but I was never you know a threat to the world title or you know or anything like that and I had no problem with that you know like I mean my only goal I ever set in wrestling when I started was I wanted a contract to say that this is what I did for a living and I accomplished that in 2004 and have been doing it ever since so the only goal I ever had was that and everything on top of that has been just cherries on top, you know, but once it starts happening, it's like, okay, I've won, you know, I won the tag titles with Bobby Roode in like 2006 or whenever it is. Well, then now I want to win a singles title. You know, then no matter what in the history of professional wrestling, my name is going to be in there. You can't scroll through without seeing me. I mean, like other people that just showed up on TV or never really won a world title or, or a tag title or whatever, their history can be erased, but mine can't now. I'm, I'm permanent, you know, in, in the history of wrestling. And that's a, it's kind of an overwhelming feeling, really, to be honest. But the, the, the first world title run just happened organically where I think part of it, it was like, you just build up. I think when you're good enough for long enough, real wrestling fans, people that really watch it and appreciate it, you you pile up this credibility. You pile up this um, currency with them where like, it doesn't really matter what you do. They they like it and they react. And part of it was, it's, part of the story is, is I am this underdog and Nick is the perfect counterpart. He's tall, good looking, built like a brick bleep house, you know, like, uh, it, it has an English accent, he's pompous, he's arrogant, he's cocky, he's got the world title, he cheated to God to get it, and I'm kind of like this man of the people, I was one of them, you know, wrestling fan at one point, and kind of worked over years and years and years to kind of get into this spot, and then all of a sudden, I'm standing across from the world champion, and it's my turn, and uh, it surprised me, I think it surprised a lot of people, but it definitely happened organically, where I think it was just like, the accumulation of my work over time, like I said, I built up all this currency where they, they really didn't have a choice, right? Like people would have been very upset if I lost, very upset um, and not in a good way, you know? So it was like, they were not backed into a corner. It wasn't political. It was no pressure for me. I had no say in anything that went on at that point um, or at any point really. Um, so yeah, it was very organic and how it happened. It was very rewarding. For me, the coolest thing was, I mean, holding it, like that's, it's amazing, right? Like it's the, you know, one of the top wrestling companies in the entire world saying, you're the flagship, you're, you're the most important person on this show and we believe in you. And that kind of responsibility and that kind of pressure is what I crave. I want that, you know, I've wanted, I've wanted that at every turn in every place I've ever worked. And, and I had it, you know, and I've had it in a, a bunch of different times in a bunch of different ways, but coming through the curtain and every single person that I work with is standing there clapping, you know what I mean? Cause it's, it's like, you know, one of their own winning and one of the, the 
people that worked his whole life and and strived and did things right. And I've never been political. Anything I've earned in wrestling and anyone that's worked with me will tell you I earned and I've earned it the right way and I earned it the hard way. And it took me a lot longer, but such a rewarding feeling, man. Winning it is cool, but in the end, it's a prop. You know, I didn't really win anything, but coming back and seeing everybody that I work with, people that had wrestled hours earlier stayed, you know, just to be there. So that's something I'll never forget, ever. That's it. And, it's, and it speaks a lot to your, your standing within Impact, somewhere that you're still making memories now uh, as the leader of Violent by Design. I want to offer you the chance to, I'm going to hand you a, 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 a an imaginary uh, phone directory of every wrestler, every promotion, anywhere, ever. Uh, and you can, add, you can call them and say, hey, come get amongst it with Violent by Design. Who would you love to add to that group if you could add anyone? Who do you think has got that 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 certain fire and flavor for Violent by Design? Yeah, uh, Juice. I mean, if that are we talking like any time, any era? Yeah, let's do any era as well. Let's do that. We'll do any era, Terry then Funk. we'll do the oh Terry Funk. Oh, nice. Auto- automatic Terry Funk, and he's the leader now. I'm, I'm not <laughs> Terry Funk. I mean, he's one of my favorite of all time. I think he's one of the best to ever do it. Um, and I said this earlier in an interview, he said something that it really stuck with me. And I don't really know why, because uh, I, I don't think I was really even, I think I might've been training at that point, but he was headlining an ECW pay-per-view as him, uh, Stevie Richards and Raven, I think in a three-way can't remember. I know it's him and Stevie Richards for sure. And anyways, he's working for the ECW world title on pay-per-view and they're interviewing him. And one kid, one of the guys asks, why is it that Terry Funk has been doing this for so long, but able is able to stay relevant? And he said, well, I'm always going to be Terry Funk. And that's something that I can't change. But the wrestling world and the wrestling you know, viewership changes every day. And if I don't change with it, I die. So, you know, and that's something that stuck with me. And I think that's something that I've held true and really close to my heart in my entire career, because I mean, there's stuff that I do now that I would never have done 10 years ago because wrestling is different you know it just has changed it evolves like everything and it's it's changed into it's a billion dollar industry you know in the, in the success of professional wrestling in the real media world can't be overlooked anymore and that's that's really cool you know it's a uh, 10 years ago 12 years ago it was a joke you know i mean it was a side show it was no big deal now you know the most recognizable actor and the person that's made the most money acting in the last 10 years is a professional wrestler the rock you know it's the Fox is paying Vince McMahon $2.9 billion for the rights to air his television show. It's a juggernaut. It's a multimedia juggernaut. The WWE alone writes, produces, performs, and, and distributes 30 to 40 hours of original content a week. I mean, you're doing this show and this is going to be, what, 15 minutes? And I know it's an ass load of work. Think about 30 to 40 hours all in-house. It's, a, it's an absolute juggernaut in, in the media world and the world is finally starting to realize what i've known for a long time and uh, and, and when wwe does well and things are good there like a high tide raises all ships because wrestling comes up with it and, and and impact finds itself once again in this really wonderful place where it's kind of like the uh sort of the crossroads for the forbidden door so like it's yeah. it's kind of just it's it every every possible iteration and, and promotion crosses through uh, and i haven't seen much Forbidden door action from yourself, but I know that Joe Doring has a has a, an illustrious history in all Japan. Would that would there yeah. be the option to maybe take Violent by Design to to AJPW at some point? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's something that, that I would love to do. I, I've only been over there once. I went on a small tour, three or four shows. Uh, but I've always loved traveling. I loved my time there. I love wrestling is kind of viewed differently and written differently and shot differently there. And, and I love the idea and the challenge of that. Like you said, I, you know, Joe was, you know, top of the mountain, you know, for, for one of the biggest promotions in Japan. He was the, one of the guys, you know, and uh, I mean, in all honesty, he had brain cancer, should be dead, you know, should be dead. I had to relearn how to walk and relearn to work. And we are, and he's amazing. I can remember, you know, standing ringside. I was pretty sure I had the torn ACL at the time. He wrestled Kojima. And I was like, I could watch these guys fight for 50 hours straight. Like it was so unbelievable, so different and so physical and raw. And uh, just, I mean, definitely a guy that I've known for a long time. I've known Joe for a long time, but we've never been close, but he's one of my very, very good friends. And his cool thing with VBD is like, we're literally just scratching the surface of what it can be. You know, it's, it's, it's a really cool place. I, I don't know. And it might be recency bias, but I don't think I've ever had this much fun wrestling. I can't wait to go to work. And I, you know, there's not a lot of people that can say that. You can tell in what you do that there is a lot of fun being had. You can, it, it, it comes through the screen. It really does. Uh, your yep. third and final match, then. We've got to get to this. So we had uh, Savage and Steamboat from WrestleMania 3, uh, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels from 25, WrestleMania 25. Your third and final what? one, Eric. What are we thinking? Third and final. So I, I'll throw, and I don't think this is the best match, but for me, a very memorable match for me was actually right here in London, I wrestled Bobby Roode uh, for, uh, I believe it was just an impact taping, but it was the last man standing match. And it was like 20, 25 minutes. Uh, the crowd was just electric. If I was to point someone to at any match that I've done at any point in my career, there's thousands of them. That's the one I would point to. This is the one, this is the one I'm most proud of because we, I mean, we literally by, by halfway through, we just had the crowd eating out of our hands and, and there's not a better word for it, but that, that manipulation of like, you know, we'll do this and then they'll react like this and then we'll do this and they'll go, Ooh, and then they'll chant. This is awesome. And thinking like, you're going to do it a certain way, then that's going to happen. Then all of the things that you set up happen exactly like you thought it's a drug, man. I mean, and it cannot be replaced. It cannot be replaced. It's just an unbelievable feeling taking people on that kind of like emotional ride that I lost. <laughs> now that thinking about it, I lost that match. That doesn't matter to me. It's never mattered to me. The only people that remember are wrestlers that care about it. Yeah, that's very true. You and you and uh, you, and Bobby Roode, you just keep finding each other like star-crossed lovers. You keep bumping yeah. into each other as you go through the career. Is there a particular road story from Bobby, from, from you and Bobby Roode that uh, that 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 you think oh. of that always uh, makes you smile? I can get us both. I can get us both in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> I was saying earlier, there was definitely a point in my life when we were doing house shows full time pay-per-views, TV, I was engaged to be married, but there was definitely months, sometimes probably years, where I spent more times in a room sleeping with Bobby Roode than I did my own wife. <laughs> so that's, that's an interesting story. A, a funny one is the night I won the world title from Nick Aldis is Bobby's rooms at that point in his contract, his rooms were covered by TNA Wrestling and mine weren't. And it wasn't that I could, I could afford my own room, but it didn't matter. We were just so used to staying with, you, with each other. I would always stay with him. And there was something going on in Orlando at the time. So I, it's the night I beat Aldis for my very first world title. I slept on a pullout couch in Bobby Roode's room with the belt on the bed 
uh, the worst pullout couch of all time. The first night as world heavyweight champion, wow. I slept on a, on a pullout couch in his like little living room area of his room. So, that's, that's a hell of a way to begin a title run. <laughs> just the absolute prestige and glamour of the professional wrestling world. A little peek behind the curtain. Do you keep in touch with Bobby? Oh, yeah. One of my best friends still to this day. We, we talk uh, maybe not daily, but several times a week. Yeah. He's, he's doing good things at the moment. He's, it's always nice to see him do well. Um, I think that uh, would, were you guys in, in NXT at the same time as we had glorious Robert Roode? Was that at the yes, same yeah, time? Yeah, yeah we, we left Impact. Uh, it's a really kind of a cool full story circle. We signed our first contracts at the fairgrounds in Nashville. The, the change rooms were like the bleachers up top. They kind of like roped them off and we were up there in the dark. Someone said, hey, here's your guys' contracts. We didn't read them, didn't look at them, just flipped them to the page where we're supposed to sign them. He turned around. I signed mine on his back. He signed his on my back. And we gave him back to the person who went back to work. And uh, we worked together for whatever, 12 years. Uh, we, we got our releases on the same day. We didn't start in NXT. He started. He showed up at WrestleMania and they wanted to keep me a secret. So I didn't show up until a couple of weeks later. I came out with like the hood up and stuff. Um, yeah. So it was week, it was weeks later, but they had him in the crowd. Uh, at WrestleMania, it was actually in Dallas, wherever that was, uh, whenever, whatever year that was. I remember was that. Yeah, I remember that was that was cool. See, seeing and both of you turning up around the same time was just cool. Um, you yeah. mentioned that your favorite match that you guys had was in London. You're in London at the moment. You're in the UK. Uh, the the British wrestling scene is 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 really pushing back since it shut down for a year and a bit. Is there any talent in the UK that you work with, or talent that you'd like to work with? People that you've got your eye on on our side of the water, Eric. There's always been a ton here, you know, and, it, you know, it's, I think we're, we're right at the start of kind of another boom here uh, in the United Kingdom uh, and probably in the United States as well. You know, the two years off is going to create a ton of interest and a, a ton of buzz and people are going to want to get out to live shows and start doing things as, you know, the, the pandemic. I don't know if it's winding down, but people are definitely pretending like it doesn't exist. So, you know, we're kind of back to normal here. And, uh, yeah, I, having a great time. My, my friend Gary Ward kind of set the tour up for me. And it, it started as like kind of a weekend and turned into 30 days. And uh, I, I live in Cambridge now. I have my own apartment in Cambridge and uh, worked in Edinburgh for Discovery, worked for WAW, worked for OTT in Ireland, got another one in Ireland and Belfast on the 17th, Exposure Wrestling, uh, Showfire. So how do you say that? Shropshire Wrestling, Clyde <laughs> Valley, uh, back in Glasgow. Yeah, there, there's a ton. Uh, it, it's been great. Uh, Gary is uh, very organized, thank God, because I am not. And uh, he runs uh, Russell Wrestling Carnival. I keep saying it wrong on purpose. He's right here, and I keep saying the name <laughs> wrong. you love that, well, Gary. you love that. Carnival Wrestling. No. Wrestle Carnival. <laughs> Wrestling, Wrestling Circus. Carnival. Wrestling Circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Did you never yeah. know nothing? Uh, hopefully to get back and maybe he'll book me on one of his shows when I come back. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he will yeah, now. <laughs> a ton of people I want to work with here. Uh, had, had the pleasure of working with BT Gunn, uh, Andy Wild, uh, Zach Zodiac. Uh, we just, me and Wolf uh, just tagged together for OTT on Sunday. It's the first time we've We've seen each other in three years, and the first time we've wrestled together in over three years, we took on uh, Kings of the North, super talented guys, had an absolute unbelievable tag match for them, and uh, yeah, it, dude, it's been it's been amazing. I, I love it here. I love being here. I love the wrestling fans here, and uh, 
I've had a chance to do a whole bunch and got, got some more coming up this weekend and, and uh, the following weekend, and then I go home. And we love seeing you here in the UK, and we'll be seeing uh, more of you on Impact Wrestling. April 23rd, Impact presenting Rebellion. You can watch that on Impact+. Plus. But Eric, where can people go to find out more about you and where you're up to and, and, and all of that good stuff? Yeah, I'm on I'm on uh, social media, unfortunately. But uh, if if you say something to me and I don't answer, it's nothing personal. I, I'm just not big in in this in that world. Um, I, I'm the Eric Young and the Eric Young IG on Instagram. Um, sometimes I look at it, sometimes I don't. But I try to post things that I'm doing so people can be up to date. It is an amazing tool, but can be a dark and, and terrible place. So. I, I don't, I'm not on it a ton. If I miss something that you said, I do apologize. It's nothing personal. I'm just busy because I have a life and I'm married and have interests outside of wrestling. And I don't spend all my time scrolling on Instagram. That makes sense. And then on the Twitter account, do West Ham follow you? I don't know. They do not. Right. What a... Don't you worry. I, I'm going to make a promise to you, Eric. I'll call Hunter. He'll sort it out. Uh... Me and him <laughs> I talk, to him quite, I talk to him quite often. I'll get him to sort it out. We'll make that, yeah, make maybe, that a thing. Maybe he'll lend me one of his hammers. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic Wrestling News.